Good morning. I'm Wimala. Today is Friday, the 1st of July. It's the beginning of our holiday weekend. Hope you're being safe uh, with fires and things that can ignite. I know even here where we've had so much rain through the spring and even some recently, uh, we're being warned about fire danger because there's a lot of fuel on the ground where people have cleaned up brush and where you know things get dry really fast when the when it's uh, windy when it's breezy and hot so if you live in other drier places i know you've been concerned about it for a long time so try to be careful this weekend and but try to enjoy yourself and be with loved ones um, i'd like to start today with our intention and you know, we, I, we're doing this intention, people are every day at 11 a.m. Central Time, just all setting aside these few seconds to have an intention towards Ukraine. But remember how many, we're, we're choosing this one country because it's really in our, our, our awareness, but remember all of the other countries that are suffering with economic downturns, like Sri Lanka, and uh, problems with hunger and starvation. And we think about the, well, the last count, the 53 people dying in a truck that they were locked into. There were 60 people and 53 have died from being left on the side of the road in San Antonio. I'm sure they were all people trying to come to this country to find jobs to feed their families in other countries where the economies have just uh, folded and uh, really unethical criminal people taking their money and then abandoning them. Just a horrible situation. So we have lots of things going on in this world that we can just sit and be really sad about and that being sad about it uh, isn't helping, right? It doesn't help us, so it doesn't help us with other things that we could be doing. And it certainly hasn't helped those people who are dealing with these tragedies. So what we can do is start putting all of our intention towards peace in these countries and some kind of uh, overcoming all of the economic issues but also when we do that, we are going to be more open to possibilities of how we can help. We may, we may be, our eyes may be open to ways that we can do something positive that can actually, it may feel like a drop in the bucket, but we will, we will be aware of things we can do because we're looking at our intentions every day. So this is the Ukraine, loving kindness, peace in Ukraine. Our intention, and you can say our, my intention today or at this moment or for this week, but our intention today is that peace in Ukraine be immediately, completely, and permanently restored with no, in Ukraine, with no further loss of life, and that the country maintain its sovereignty as an independent democratic nation. So think about it again at 11, and then you'll just be joining 
uh, with lots of other people around the world. You may have other intentions that you want to even add to this that are personal for you, but I think this is a good thing to remember that we can do this and we can shift from feeling totally useless in certain world situations to beginning to think about positive ways we can help and what we really want to see happen. I know in this it says the way it was written, our intention is that peace in Ukraine be immediately, completely, and permanently restored. Well, for, as Buddhists, the word permanently is probably not one we would use. Nothing is permanent. And uh, we see that everywhere. We see that in our own country daily these days. <clears throat> Nothing stays the same. Sometimes it changes for the better, sometimes for the worse. So you might want to say, leave out the permanently restored, but I think we know the point is that, that there be some kind of stability for the people in that country. And um, yeah, Patty's asking if I'll post it again. I will. I'll, I'll put it with the comments. So uh, it will either be, it'll be either with my, uh, on my Facebook page or, or the Blue Lotus page, because I'll post it there after I finish here. And I think that can just help us get our day started in a way that we're looking, looking out, we're thinking about others, we're thinking about uh, places where people don't have the luxury of the peace that we have. And we're feeling shaky in this country, right? Our country is so divided. and. Uh, no place, no place is, <laughs> no place feels really safe except when we are a refuge for ourselves. And by extension, we can also be a refuge for others. If they see that we're calm, if they see that we come from a place of peace, that can be a temporary but a refuge, but we can be there for others that way when everything is shaky in the world. So today, because I might be running short on time and we may have a very short meditation at the end, I started reading uh, yesterday from the Five Invitations by the person Frank Ostaseski, and I'm probably mispronouncing his last name, but his name comes up over and over again because he was one of the first people to um, be a, a Buddhist very active in the hospice movement and uh, you, you see a lot of especially Zen hospice uh, chaplaincies and courses and uh, centers where they are Zen peacemakers dealing with people in that uh, of all levels of life you know not just people with good insurance but um, for all sections of, of life in this country, and I'm not sure how it is in other parts of the world, but um, he started he started a lot of that in this country. So he's a renowned teacher of compassionate caregiving and the co-founder of the Zen Hospice Project. He has sat on the precipice of death with more than a thousand people. So this book is about the five lessons 
that he wants people to know. He calls it the five invitations. And I'm going to read them real quickly. And I read, we read just a little bit, just a few pages on the first one yesterday. And we'll do the second one today. I'm not reading the whole book. I'm just going to read you little tidbits. But, and I should print these five invitations. I'll put that on Facebook too. Uh, the five invitations. And these, are, these show us how to wake up fully to our lives. They can be understood as best practices for anyone coping with loss or navigating any sort of transition or crisis. They guide us to, toward appreciating life's preciousness. Awareness of death can be a valuable companion on the road to living well, forging a rich and meaningful life, and letting go of regret. So aren't all of us in some kind of transition or crisis in our lives these days? It could just be uh, the transition that we see the country going through uh, where we're after the pandemic. That's a transition for all of us. You may be going through a change in a relationship or a divorce or even a new a transition to something new. Uh, maybe marriage or uh, you know your first home. These are still all transitions we're navigating in our life. But this is from his experience with hospice and with the hospice families and patients he's worked with. And they are for all of us. I think they help. They can help all of us learn how to wake up to life. So the first was don't wait. And the end of that section in the book, his last, uh, he ends it talking about self-forgiveness. Forgiveness is all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. But then his very last final paragraph, don't wait. Don't wait until you find yourself on your deathbed to begin the process of forgiving those who have hurt you or those you have wronged. Allow the fragile nature of life to show you what's most important. Then take action. It hurts too much to keep others or ourselves out of our hearts. And here I'll read just a little bit from the second invitation. Welcome everything Push away nothing. And the quote at the beginning of the chapter, I like this, it's by Mitsuta Masahide. Burns burnt down. Now I can see the moon. So welcome everything, push away nothing. And this is by Frank Ostaseski. My wife Vanda, who is British, was initially confused by the way Americans use the term, you're welcome. It is more common in her country, home country, to respond to thank you with something like don't mention it. Similar, I suppose, to the informal French, can't even pronounce it, oh, the Spanish de nada, or the no problem so common, common among millennials. The trouble with these other expressions is that they downplay an act of kindness, which your welcome acknowledges. The word welcome connotes an invitation. 
when I first tried to translate what is meant by you are welcome to my wife, I opened my arms wide in a gesture that suggested my receptivity to every part of love, to every part of her. In welcoming everything, we don't have to like what is arising. It's actually not our job to approve or disapprove. The word welcome confronts us. It asks us to temporarily suspend our usual rush to judgment and to simply be open to what is happening. Our task is to give our care, careful attention to what is showing up at our front door, to receive it in the spirit of hospitality. Welcome everything, push away nothing. Remember, that's the invitation. A friend of mine who was once invited for dinner at the home of a renowned psychiatrist named Sidney Sidney was a man of unusual intelligence, insight, and grace. However, in the few years prior to this dinner, his Alzheimer's disease, disease had taken a toll on his short-term memory and ability to recognize faces. When my friend arrived, she rang the doorbell and Sidney opened the door. At first, he had a look of confusion. He quickly recovered and said, I'm sorry, I have trouble remembering faces these days but I do know that our home has always been a place where guests are welcome. If you are here on my doorstep, then it is my job to welcome you. Please come in. We like the familiar. We like certainty. We love to have our preferences met. In fact, most of us have been taught that getting what we want and avoiding what we don't is the way to assure our happiness. Inevitably, though, there are unexpected experiences in our lives, an unanticipated move, a job loss, a family member's illness, the death of a beloved pet, that we want to push away with all our might. When faced with the uncertain, our first reaction is often resistance. We attempt to evict these difficult parts of our lives as if they were unwanted house guests. In such moments, welcoming seems impossible or even unwise. When I say that we should be receptive to whatever presents itself to us, do I mean that we should let life walk all over us? Not at all. When we are open and receptive, we have options. We are free to discover, to investigate, and to learn how to respond skillfully to anything we encounter. We can't be free if we are rejecting any part of our lives. That's a great sentence. We can't be free if we are rejecting any part of our lives. With welcoming comes an ability to meet and work with both pleasant and unpleasant circumstances. Gradually, with practice, we discover that our well-being is not solely dependent on what's happening in our external reality. It comes from within. In order to experience true freedom, we need to be able to welcome everything just as it is. That's another great sentence. In order to experience true freedom, 
We need to be able to welcome everything just as it is. At the deeper level, this invitation, like life itself, asks us to cultivate a kind of fearless receptivity. Welcome everything, push away nothing, cannot be done solely as an act of will. To welcome everything is an act of love. And then, the, then when he writes, he writes about people he's met and how he's learned these lessons himself and how other people have helped him learn them. Then he ends this chapter with, to be whole, we need to include, accept, and connect all parts of ourselves. We need acceptance of our conflicting qualities and the seeming incongruity of our inner and outer worlds. Wholeness does not mean perfection. It means no part left out. So that's our invitation for today. Welcome everything, push away nothing. So it reminds me of the first book we did with our book group, Pema Chodron's book, Welcoming the Unwelcome. Isn't that, I think that's the title of it. And this book was written, I think, in 2017 or 18. Let me see again. So even before her book, 2017. So a lot to learn from this one. The Five Invitations. So that's number two. And uh, now let's see. We have, we have, okay, today we have not very much time. So I'd like to do a metta practice that I learned last weekend from uh, some talks that Lee Brasington gave through the Bari Center. And it's really beautiful. It's like a little short, wonderful loving kindness practice. And you can extend it just from this. So just be, be in your meditation posture so we can just take it in. And then we can all go out and spend a beautiful day and a peaceful day. Take a few deep breaths in and out to be sure you're in the present moment. We want to be able to live in this present moment. So if you get caught up in worrying or catastrophizing about the future or thinking about the past and regretting it or uh, letting things come in that destroy your peace of mind, Come back to the present moment. Use your breath to bring you back to the present moment because we can deal with whatever is in this present moment. The things we worry about in terms of the future may never even happen. We may never have to be coming up with these images of what could happen. But we can be active, we can be peaceful, we can be doing the best we can do in the present moment.
So when we take those deep breaths, you can do that throughout the day to remind you, come back to right now. Come back. Let all of you be present in your body in this moment. So here's the quick metta, the loving kindness, the friendliness. I know I want to be truly happy. So may I be happy. And because I know I want to be happy, I know my loved one wants to be happy. And this is true happiness. So may my loved one be happy. I know my good friends want to be truly happy because I know I want the same thing. So may my friends, my good friends, my noble friends, may they be happy and may they find true happiness. And I know strangers, people I haven't met yet, want to be truly happy because I want to be truly happy. So may all the strangers, all the people I haven't met yet, may they all be happy. I know my difficult person wants to be truly happy. May I May my difficult person be happy. May I be able to see that my difficult person is just like me. We both want true happiness. And now, just allow yourself to radiate out this quality of contentment, and happiness, peace, peace of mind, a peaceful presence, radiated out to all beings, all sentient beings everywhere, human beings, non-human beings, all of the creatures and animals in our lives all of the beings invisible to us, all of the people on this planet, in all countries, people we think of who may, we may think of them as our enemies or our allies, doesn't make any difference. Just allow loving kindness to radiate out. It's a quality too big to just hold to ourselves. It only works when we can radiate it out to others in, a, in addition to ourselves. May all beings everywhere be free from suffering and the causes of suffering, free from hunger and thirst, and from the extremes of the weather 
May all beings be free of fear, worry, and anxiety. And may all living beings be able to care for themselves or be cared for lovingly by others. And may we all know true happiness and peace. May everything we do or say, do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit or the benefit of those around us, but for the benefit of all sentient beings. May we be our own refuge and may we provide a moment of refuge for others around us. May everything we do be harmless and may it all be done in love. So thank you for being part of my practice and have a beautiful day. And uh, I, I am pretty sure I'll be here on Sunday, but I may may have to adjust it. Not sure. We'll see. Okay.